Well, the weather for the whole of the south of England will continue as it has for the next few weeks. It's going to be hot and moist, with temperatures rising steadily as time goes on. There's a chance of steamy moments as we move into the... Ah, sod it. We never wanted to do this. We never wanted to be weathermen and women, making innuendos about hot atmospheres and drizzly countries. We didn't want to be child-friendly. We didn't want to bang on about being for over-18s only. We want to talk about our sexy adventures. We want to be lifestylers, leaping from bush to bush as we sail down the rivers of British sex clubs and mountains of crazy experiences. The cheeky purple mamba, the liquid silk pumped liberally into our hand, the rodeo classic brief harness complete with Tantus curve, the enjoy pure one stainless steel dildo, the hot octopus digit, the ever so short messages on fab swingers, the sexy friends on Twitter, and the mighty vanilla alternative. With my best girlie by my side, we'd swing, swing, swing. Get in the gym or to your car. Without advice, you could go far. We fuck things up and we make mistakes. We talk about our sexy dates. It's getting hard for this to rhyme. Just as well, cause it's bed. Hello and welcome to the Bed Hoppers podcast. My name is Mr. H. And Mrs. H. Thank you for joining us today. We've got an amazing special guest for you in just a minute. But before we get to that, we've also got some exciting news. Have we? We do have exciting news. Okay. You always have exciting news. I know. We have got... Is it a bacon sandwich? Or... No. No. Okay. no uh, we have launched... Oh, 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 the thing. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, what is it about um, going online that you really love? Oh, is right. It... Okay. I know what we've done. We've... You, you, we, you, not me, you, me. not me, because yeah. I can't claim any credit for this. You did a thing with a website. You we've made got, a website. We've got a website. You did a website. We've got a website with a blog with one episode. Of oh, a, but mine's only to write the blog. <laughs> you do need to write the second episode. Anyway, we have launched bedhoppers.co.uk. Oh right? my God, how exciting. So if you literally go to your browser now, yes. immediately go there. Type in Pornhub. No, yes. no, no, bedhoppers. Uh, bedhoppers.co.uk. <laughs> you will be able to see a website about yeah. us because, you know, if listening to us isn't enough for you, um, you poor, poor person, you, yeah. then you can read about us. So there's like an about us section. There's our friends, so links to our... The pets are uh, in there. Yeah, Yoko's in there, Noodles is in there. Uh, there's a blog of which I've written one one episode. There's some pictures. Yeah, <laughs> there's some stuff in there. So, All website stuff, really. Yeah, so it's a nice place for you to get in touch with us if you want because there's a content contact form but it also tells you all the links to all of our different stuff you can comment on the blog this is it you yeah. can actually comment on the blog yes not that anyone has at this point in time no 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 one has commented do you want me to comment on it no oh. <laughs> no I idea I you just could. need to write your own blog that's the thing <laughs> so we we thought we'd put this out there because mostly um kate our special guest today from yes. the Wanderlust Swingers, yes. has mentioned it to me about 4,000 times over the last five years or so. Turns out she might be right. It is a good thing to have. <laughs> well, I, it, it transpires that it was a lot easier and less time-consuming than I, than I thought. So don't go expecting great things on the website. I never Because it was whipped things. up over a couple of days. And yeah, she eventually cajoled me into thinking, shit, I really should do it. And also we felt that because it was taking uh, Secret Stag and Secret Vixen, wah, 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 <laughs> uh, so long to write their own blog, yes. we, we thought we'd write one in the meantime. 
You just love a one-upman, don't you? So <laughs> how to do it better? <laughs> That's not true. I I, I, yeah, I love do. their blog, and I thought it was you know about time that we did had had our own online presence outside right. of Twitter. Well, there we go. It's wonderful. Check it out. Yeah, go check that out. Other thing that we want to mention is that on the 23rd of April is our Come Together event at the Vanilla Alternative. Yes. We have got, I think, just about 100 people, just mm. under 100 people coming along at the moment. We've got a few more that are still yet to sign up and we've got space for a few more as well. So, yes. you know, we're not 100% sold out, which is fine. I'm happy and comfortable with the numbers that we've got. But if you want to come along, spend some time with an amazing group, get to see around a club, get to be part of a really cool online chat thing that we've got set up then just drop us a message, go to the website, <laughs> see, contact yeah, us through that, that yeah. and we'll be able to get back to you and send you all the information about yes. the tickets and stuff. It's £70 per couple mm-hmm. and £30 per single lady. Sorry, yep. single gents, we can't accept you at this time. Yep. Club rules and all that. Yep. But we'd definitely recommend coming along to that event if, you, if you're interested in exploring clubs, getting into the lifestyle. We've got some newbies coming along. We've got more experienced people. We've got a real mix. But what I love is that Discord chat that we've got just for this event. Gift Central. It is Gift Central, <laughs> but... And no, there's loads of nice people. It's an amazing group of people. And, and I know that, you know, you're going to think, oh, Mr. H, you're saying that because you are the person promoting this event. And you are right. I am saying it because of that, but also because they are a bunch of amazing people. Oh, no, they really are. Very welcoming. We've got really nice. lifestyle questions. So if you've got questions that you want to run by other people, you can do that. There's information about the event. There's but, even a flipping geek wire chat going on, which is. I stumbled into across the other day <laughs> and immediately legged it. Like, yes. oh God, this is all about HDMI. Yeah, I've got a HDMI link connected to the Dolby Atmos system. This oh, is pretty God, much me talking tellies. here. I'm going to yeah. get out. It's, it's a very <laughs> safe and welcoming environment. Yeah. So if you'd like to join us, please get in touch. It's not too late, but time is running out. So it we'd is. like to hear from you soon if you're going to come along to that. Okay. Yeah, is yeah. that fair? Yeah, that's fair. And then, then that's cool, right? Mm. Okay. Also, there's more. There's, there's more news. There, oh, 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 there's more. Yes, there, there is more. We are talking to Kate in this week's mm-hmm. episode about events because we felt that Kate is something of an expert on events. Yeah, she is. Just loads. She does loads. <laughs> She's run her own events like PCAP, which we're mm-hmm. going to. Mm-hmm. And we thought this was a great opportunity to ask some good questions, hopefully good questions about what might you wear to an event, what's the difference between a good one and a bad one, and talk about some of the issues that we felt about going to various events. So mm. this isn't just us tooting our own horns between the collective three of us about how great our events are, but it's also looking at some of the things that, that we've experienced as we've ex- as we've been out in the world, yeah. really. And if you're new to events, or you're worried or scared or nervous about going to one, then this should really reassure you. Yeah, it should. Um, it might not do, No, I think it will, because we've, we've got a lot of newbies coming to our, our event who probably have questions and yeah. probably think that the questions they have are silly or, you know, we be probably shouldn't worry about things but you know you're a great over warrior yourself so yeah. you know how nervous you can be so this is a, a great way to reassure you that events are absolutely fabulous yeah certainly our events are cool yeah right so the other thing that we do cover you got more I got, oh my god just one thing that i just want to mention i just want to bring it out there just to see the look on your face we do yeah, what, talk, what are you bringing out okay, we do do talk about the infamous Shira costume. Oh God, that! <laughs> I want to burn it. I might find it just this weekend so I can burn it. Yeah, a ceremonial Shira burning of costume. Yeah, that's the thing. And finally, the final thing that I want to catch up on before we 
play that thing mm-hmm. is that we've got a tremendous amount going on in our home lives oh, at the moment. grief, we do. It's all a little bit, It's. I wouldn't say that it's overwhelming, but it's definitely very whelming. There's definitely a lot of plates being juggled right now. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I've got an operation next week. I'll be at a minor one on my eye. Yoko uh, was set to have an operation and then was too poorly to have that operation is now being treated for something completely irrelevant. Yeah. So we've got that. You're going through a bunch of tests to make sure you're okay. Yeah, there's just tons of stuff. It's life, isn't it? It is life. It's adult. <laughs> but what I will say is this, that we're doing our very best to be out there and about and to interact with everybody. But if it takes us a while longer to respond, um, please don't worry. We, we're okay. It's just taking its this toll on life. us. And we're just trying to make sure that we look after ourselves mm. uh, as well as... And each other. Uh, yeah, and each other, as mm. well as our, our wonderful pets and our friends yeah. and family and making sure that that we do that first before we come back to the lifestyle stuff. That's not to say that we're going away. We're still promoting our events. We're still doing our stuff. We're still going out and meeting people and having wonderful adventures, but we're just taking it a little bit easy to make sure that we don't collapse in a big corner. Oh, like a cheap launcher. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. So, um, and thank you, I want to say to everybody that's been in touch, that's been supporting us, that uh, that have been by our side and making sure that we're okay too. You, you folks know who you are and you are amazing and fantastic and we love Wonderful. you dearly. Yeah, love you, you are dearly. awesome. So, without further ado, at long last, Mrs H, play that thing. We've got something that's just for you. Holy shit, it's an interview. So joining us today is Kate from the lovely Wonderlust Swingers, and we're here to talk about events. Now, we know that PCAP, the Colourpop one in Palm Springs, isn't that far away. So we thought we'd bring her in, pick her brains, poke her a bit, find out about events, find out what's good, what's bad, how to make a great one, and generally get the best out of her today. I would not poke Kate. Would you not? That'd be quite terrifying. (laughs) I haven't had a good poking in quite a while. Or a good rogering for that matter. <laughs> Volunteers, please send your emails to... Email at wanderlastswingers.com. Thank you very much. Yeah, there we go. Applications and tickets will be handed out on request. A good rogering is a very British thing, isn't it? <laughs> oh, I only said that for your benefit. Oh, thank you. This is like clearly adding some value today. This is, this is very good. So, Kate, the first question that we've got written down here for you is, when we talk about an event, what do we really mean? What sort of events are there out there? Tons. There are absolutely tons of events. I was recently talking to somebody on um, in Australia about key parties, right? And the way that things have changed from the 1960s to kind of today. And there are so many different kinds of events that I think suit people's niches. And what we're seeing now is a really big increase in, I think, niche events out there as well. So it's not just that you go to any old house party or any old hotel takeover or any old club event. I think what we're seeing now is events that are tailoring to niche groups and niche communities even within the non-monogamous space so that's really interesting to see but of course you've got your standard meet and mingle events pub events club events you've got hotel takeovers you've got conventions you've got resorts i mean honestly you throw a stick down the road and you hit a bunch of swingers that are hosting events there's a ton of us out there it's interesting because still do key parties <laughs> of course they do i'm sure somebody does oh my goodness they actually do there was one advertised about two weeks ago i got invited to on one of the dating sites in the u.s that i'm part of no. actual where they put keys in a bowl actual keys in a bowl party yep wow okay that's that's amazing i'm so glad that i brought that um spider-man key now <laughs> <laughs> Makes it so much easier. Well, it's interesting from from the UK perspective because there are a variety of events here, but hotel takeovers don't tend to be so much of a thing. No, it's quite a rare rare occurrence. I don't think we'd really heard of them until until we met you, actually. 
And then we were like, what is this sorcery you're talking about? <laughs> because they just don't happen here. Yeah, same as Australia. So back in 2016, I remember hearing about Naughty in New Orleans and hearing about this hotel takeover and everything else. And we just don't have anything similar down in Australia. And I mean, there's like one event that's kind of attempting to be a bit of a hotel takeover. But yeah, I think culturally there are a lot of them in the United States and a couple of them in Canada and then less and less as you kind of get out through Europe and down in the Asia Pacific region. So it is interesting how different cultures approach the swinging lifestyle and what they value. Do you think it's like a cultural thing or a cost thing? Because I'm guessing a, a hotel takeover would be very cost prohibitive to a lot of people, maybe, yeah. like, to actually organise it. It is. I mean, it's, it's, it's cost prohibitive for both the, the event organiser, but also the attendees. You know, if you've got people that are used to paying 35, 70 quid to go to an event, mm. and all of a sudden you need to, it's not that you want to because you're making absolute squillions off the event, but you need <laughs> to because your overheads charge three, four, five, six, even up to $1,000. It is quite cost prohibitive. And you've got a culture that maybe isn't used to hotel takeovers. And then all of a sudden you're trying to say to them, here, come to our event for 1000 versus going to a club for 70 and all of a sudden they're just weighing it up, you know. Whereas someone in America is quite used to hearing about hotel takeovers and is quite used to seeing those price points. So for them, it's much more palatable versus maybe if you said that even to an Australian, they'd be like, fuck off, no. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, in the UK, we know that dogging is particularly popular. So, I mean, there's nothing cheaper than rocking up to a roadside with the headlights on or whatever and a bunch of people coming along Get to... Bag of chips and Yeah. <laughs> so hashtag asking for a friend we know in the UK. Okay, okay, Mr. H, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. So, Kate, what makes a good event do you think i mean instantly people are going to say the, the community the people that are there and honestly that is absolutely the number one answer to this always because you can have the best party in the world you can have a beautiful great gatsby beautiful mansion flowing champagne amazing entertainment but if the people that are there are absolute shite then it's of no benefit to anyone. So, of course, we know that the people are critical and a key. And, and I think that's why the niche events really mean so much these days because immediately you know that the people have something in common other than just being under the non-monogamous umbrella. But other than that, I mean, I would honestly say that a well-run event, something with security, consent in mind, a hygiene in mind, those are things that matter to me. Whereas when I've done some outreach to some attendees of our events, I've found that people care more about the facilities, the entertainment and those kinds of things. So it is down to the individual after that whole who's there on what they actually place value on. And for me, it's really, like I said, around that kind of security and operational factors. Could be because I'm OCD, but, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I plead the fifth. So if you were going to an event, like as, a, as an attendee, and obviously you'll you do lots of hosting of events, but what would your preference be? What do you look for as a, this is a great event? Well, first I look at the hosts. So I always look at who are the hosts and have they done this before? Are they a known quantity or not? Um, and they don't have to be. I mean, this can be their first event. You know, people can run things very well out of the gate. Just look at the podcasters that are coming out today versus us six years ago. People are doing a great job. <laughs> and so the first thing I do is I look at the hosts and then I kind of try to understand their mission statement. Are they looking at the lifestyle the way that I do? Like, would I be a good fit for their event? What's the likelihood that I'm going to meet people that are similar to me and how I approach things? And then I do normally a deeper dive into how they run it. So is there security on, on staff? Are they paid security versus volunteers? So 
I generally do, do do go to that level of information. And then my final thing is honestly cost. So what is the cost going to be? What am I looking at? Really, you know, a risk versus reward kind of scenario, but that's kind of the way that the waterfall, the way that I look at it. But I know other people are, you know, it'll flip on their head for what they're actually looking for comparison to me. So what would you say is a, is a bad event? What makes a terrible one? A bad event for me would be one that is just too carefree. And I mean that from all aspects down to how, what information you can readily find available about the event, how you would purchase tickets, what information you would get after you purchase tickets, how they approach things then like consent, security, check-in process, all of those things kind of come into play for me. So honestly, as much as we like to say we're non-judgmental, but if you see a poster for an event and there's spelling errors or their website really isn't up to snuff, you start to really question, well, what other things are operationally kind of being left by the wayside, you know? And I think for me as well, if I'm going to an event, I want it to be secure. So I'm less inclined to go to an event that might be a floor takeover in a hotel, um, particularly one that has an elevator that can be accessed by civilians, children, anybody else, you know. So I'm less inclined to go to that than I would be to go to maybe a club or a house party or, you know, a mingle in a bar that they've got a secure room. So that's some of the things that I that I look at. So what would be a bad event is things that don't have any of that. <laughs> <laughs> no security, no understanding of what is expected, no consent policies, just care to the wind. Hot mess. And I think we, we've we been to sort of events that are similar to that. And yeah. we, I remember turning up to, to one such event and it was very much a a house that had been converted into a sort of series of playrooms yeah. with delightful uh, mattresses on the floor. There was no, no talk about consent. There was very much a, they'd chosen a couple of random people that attend frequently to host. So they didn't really have host experience. So that, you know, I'm sure they were doing their very best to sort of make people feel comfortable, but there's only so much comfort you can bring to people who are literally in a crack den. And oh yeah, I was like, oh, you, you like having sex, you can host this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was that. And I think, you know, it was very yeah. much some weird dude in a corner just just taking people's cash and then there yeah. was no effort to make you feel that oh. you were safe, secure or even welcome at this particular event. And, you know, as soon as we walked through the door, we had a oh, we're not going to be staying here for very long kind of vibe. But also I think the whole process to get there. And I think this was very much in our early days was now I think we'd go, oh, no, this is not for us. But there was a whole series of sort of you have to text them your number to give them the information. Then they text you back yeah. the, the location. And then it's like a, you get a series of adverts sent to your phone. It was like really, really weird. And that whole process really put me off events. And and I, I guess it was like a cross between a house party and event or a, a paid for house party. And that really put me off going to a lot of places for I quite a while. Think it would Kate would have paid good money to see the look on my face. <laughs> oh, to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> I mean, it's a similar similar situation that we had um, many, many years ago in Sydney. There was this party that was advertised as this mansion party and it had like this hot tub jacuzzi and it was in the southern coastal areas of Sydney. So you can imagine my vision, beautiful mansion right on the water, beautiful jacuzzi hot tub. We get there and there's broken down cars in the driveway. The guy's like, give us your money immediately before you get in. Yep. The actress is on the floor pubic hair on the soap in the bathroom, like it was just a nightmare. And I think the issue here is that a lot of people when they're entering the lifestyle, those first few months or first few events or first few people that they interact with can either make or break their lifestyle journey. And if you happen to catch somebody who's a legitimately lovely single or couple wanting to be non-monogamous, but go to these absolutely horrendous events and they think, holy shit, this is what the whole thing's about, they're going to quit. And it's really mm. unfortunate for the rest of us who are like legitimately trying and we want to meet you and you're lovely and please come to our things. But they go to the shitty pubes in the soap crack den. 
but I think I think sometimes people are swayed by cost as well, and maybe they seek out the sort of cheaper end of markets because they don't maybe want to spend a whole bunch of money on their first couple of events if they don't know what they're letting themselves in for maybe but equally that gives them a really poor impression of of what events are truly like doesn't it so i think if, if the cost is low enough you kind of go you have a bit of a uh, fuck it we'll go along and see what it's like sort of attitude but often but that, you wouldn't that really can... have high expectations surely perhaps not i think it just depends on your your experience in life and we'll come mm. back to cost yeah. in a bit because i really want to talk about cost in a moment Stop but... foreshadowing mrs h <laughs> she really wants to talk about cost. She's really keen to go in there. But I know. <laughs> one of the things that you mentioned there was that actually new people going along to events, this is often their first experience or their first experience outside of just meeting couples on, you know, two on two or one on two dates. What would you say to people that are about to enter their first or attend their first event? I mean, there's so many thoughts and feelings. And I know we were talking earlier about trying to remember back to the first time we attended events and kind of some of those those nervous anxious feelings that you have about who's going to be there and I think that's the greatest thing isn't it it's the unknown right whether it's a house party whether it's a club it's the unknown of who's going to be behind the door the moment that you walk in and how people are going to interact with you and I think that we tell ourselves this entire story before we even get there about what it's going to look like so for me it is really about researching what is out there, what things do actually look like. You know, I know now there are a number of uh, venues, even Finnell Alternative, for example, have great galleries on their website. I think they've got a 360 walk around on their website. So for me, the, the visualization of seeing that this isn't a dodgy, dodgy place, this is actually quite a lovely club. And, you know, in summer, they run the outdoor section. So for me, my advice would be to look a little bit deeper um, and take that nervous energy and end it actually trying to understand not just maybe what that club looks like, maybe if they don't have a great website or the party that you're going to, but looking at all of the other events and kind of getting a better understanding that way. And the other thing too is having a game plan with your partner, discussing with them, you know, what are, what are our hard limits? Um, what do we hope to achieve for the evening? How are we going to help each other get through this if we are nervous? If you've got somebody who's maybe more of an introvert in, in the partnership and a person that's maybe an extrovert, how are you going to feed off each other? Um, what signals are you going to use? How are you going to support each other through this event where somebody might be super energetic about it and the other person's a little bit shy, you know, and um, having an exit plan as well if you don't feel comfortable. So those are kind of some of the things that I would suggest for new people. I think the other thing is to, to look for the right event as well is so important. And, you know, I know that, you know, we've got an event coming up, you've got an event coming up. I know that we, we all try and make people feel as welcome and to ease them in as gently as possible in our approaches and by offering tools and technology that gives them a little bit of insight, showing them the hotel in advance, showing them the venue, like where where is the door? What will it look like as you actually get there? Where do, where do you need to go so that you you're not worried about that. You can see that and you can have a look and you can get a sense of what the place might feel like. Hell, you can even, you know, for some places, you can even go there in advance before the event and have a nose around and feel more comfortable before you, you actually get there with a bunch of people that are in the lifestyle. And also things like using the facilities like chat. You know, if, if your event is running a, a chat facility and I know ours are, it's, it's really good to get stuck in and try and interact with people so that actually when you arrive, if you are going by yourselves for the first time, you're not a complete stranger. You've actually made some friends potentially or at least gotten a sense of who you're looking for or who might be there so that when you enter the door, you can go, oh, that's Dave, that's 
Jessica, that's whatever, because that gives you so much more confidence as you're walking through. It's really, you... Yeah, it's really nice. We've seen people already form these little splinter groups in, in our own chats where they've started finding common ground with people in advance and they're already sort of, oh, wow, you're from our neck of the woods and you're newbies as well. So they've already started reaching out to each other, you know, with their consent, of course, and kind of forming little alliances where they're going to meet up beforehand, maybe have a little social before we go. So that's really reassuring to me that they're already making those kind of those marking those behaviours that tells me that they're a group that want to help each other through it and all looking forward to meeting each other when they do finally get there. Yeah, and I think Mr. H, you brought up a really interesting point there, which is choosing the right event. And oftentimes you don't know what that right event is, right? And so I think for us, and I think we can all sit around this table right now and say it's having the courage to say, I don't need to go to that event just because it's on the calendar, just because I'm new, just because I'm super energetic and I'm excited about it. This doesn't feel right. Red flags. I'm going to let someone pass and go to something else. I mean, I can honestly say every one of us at this table has been to a party where we forced the situation because we thought we had to go there versus just waiting and choosing. So I think there's a, an element of courage of saying, you know what, not for me, I'm going to wait a little bit until something comes along that I think mm. is valuable. And that's where that research comes in. If you're, you know, if you're looking around for the, for the various parties and things that crop up and you're asking for people's opinions or whether this might be a good event to go to, that stuff all helps. It all puts you in the right frame of mind and helps you make the right decisions. Ms. H, a question from you? This one that I keep on forcing. There's the one that you keep trying to, to ask anyway. <laughs> because it's all about the money, money, money. It is about the money for many reasons, really. Um, not just because people don't want to spend it, but because they do want to spend it. So they need to spend it in the right way. So let's talk about value for money. I mean, this is such a, a broad topic. And I know you, you guys have specifically covered the cost of the lifestyle in a previous episode. I'm guessing some kind of 40 or 50 episodes ago was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, <laughs> quite a while ago, actually. But one person's affordability is another person's completely out of reach, right? Yeah. So yeah. when we talk about a value proposition and value for money, it's, it's what you can afford and what you place value in. So if you're going to a meet and greet, for example, and you know, a 20, 30, $40 entry fee to that meet and greet works well for you, you buy your own drinks, you buy your own food, that's fantastic. If you're looking for something a little bit more comprehensive, like going to a larger evening where it's more curated, whether it's just one night, going to a hotel takeover, even if it's just one night, or to a resort you know, for multiple days, those prices obviously escalate as you go further down that track. So for me, value for money and cost is, is really based on what I think I'm going to get out of the event. If the event is curated and has that niche grouping of what I spoke about earlier, I place a higher value proposition on that than an average night at a club. And the reason being is because, again, I know that maybe 50, 60, 70% of the people that are in that community at some level probably resonate with my quirky, nerdy randomness than maybe, you know, any given Sunday at a club. And so I place a higher value on that. And so I would be willing to spend that 30, 40, $50 or whatever it looks like on going to a meet and greet versus a club. For me as well, if I'm looking at things like what food and beverage is included, what additional extras are included, are there entertainment, are there DJs on site, is there hired security like I mentioned before, all of those things I know cost money. So when I look at it from that perspective, I'm happy to pay more, fully appreciating and knowing that the event organiser is actually paying people what they deserve to be paid and not taking advantage of them if they're volunteers. So those are I guess some of the things and it it does irk me a little bit that for some reason in the lifestyle we seem to think quite negatively on people that are providing a service and charging for said service in all other aspects of our life we're happy to pay for those services we pay five dollars for a coffee 
we pay for internet services, we pay for Netflix, we pay for HBO, like whatever else we're paying for. I just got a bike subscription today. That's 20 pound, uh, 20 euro a month. These are all services rendered to us that we are more than happy to pay for in our, you know, quote unquote vanilla lives. And I really don't see any difference in then paying for that in a lifestyle situation. So for me, I, I get a bit irked when people are expecting something for nothing. I, I would rather pay somebody for some good quality, well-run events than turning up to a free event and expecting the world for it. I agree. It's it, it's quite a difficult one to to get your head around. And I think especially when you start looking at the costs of, of, of how much and these things do stack up and having only run a couple of socials, we know that it, those those themselves can be expensive just to run once you start sort of giving once people a drink once in, you start making it a good event yes yeah but it's it's not just the the actual things that you're giving people it might be a little badge or whatever it might be some security all this kind of stuff stacks up but actually the amount of time that you put in maintaining that curating it making sure people are okay that's quite that's quite a draining thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, and you're providing an experience, aren't you? Like like Kate says, you're providing a service that someone is going to come and experience. So it's it's really difficult when you have to you find yourself having to justify costs, I think, because you kind of feel like I kind of feel like I'm the bad guy here <laughs> telling you why it's costing you money. But Right. And I think the, the other thing too is like not to sound like we're a bunch of snobs here. But there are free events or low cost events that exist out there. So when somebody comes to me and says, you know, your event is quite expensive and it is 100%, I know it is. It is up there as an expensive event. Do I expect everybody to be able to afford it? Absolutely not. Do I expect everybody to see value in it? Absolutely not. And it's the same thing for any event that exists out there in the lifestyle, whether it be a $10 commitment or a $1,000 commitment. What I will say is pick and choose. You don't have to go to everything. You don't have to go to every meet and mingle event that's happening every week. For me, I'd much rather choose, say they're $10 each, I'd much rather go to one event that costs $40 than four events that are $10 that are maybe not my cup of tea. So, you know, pick and choose on that and, and figure out what's within the realm of capabilities for your budget and, and stick to that. And if it is only maybe then one event a year, but it's going to be a damn good event that you know you're going to have a great time with, make some amazing connections at, Choose that event. Don't choose five or ten shit events. Absolutely. I, I think it's so important to to get the right ones. And, and the same with clubs. Sometimes, you know, if you go into a club and you know it's going to cost X amount. But well, equally, you expect to pay money to get into a club. Like yeah. most people are kind of on board with the fact that if you're going to go to an establishment which is providing all those services for you, like facilities, the hygiene factors, the security, the towels, you know, your towels wear, <laughs> all those things obviously cost money. And people understand that. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand that. We've got to pay to get in. Of course you do. So, you know, going to an event shouldn't really be any more difficult to justify in a sense because it's someone creating an extra experience for you. Why would you not want to pay? But there's also, a, what, what I was saying was there's a range of clubs mm. that you can go to. So you can go to one where you pay a lot more, but, you know, hopefully that that will lead to a better club or a nicer looking place or more facilities or a bigger venue, whatever. Mm. But if you're paying or less a, people or less people, mm. yeah. yeah. But if you're paying a smaller amount, then, you, you know, they're covering less costs. So naturally it's going to be a very different event. Mm. Yeah. And I honestly have to say that I think we, we take for granted the people out there that are running clubs and running events because oftentimes it's a labor of love and these people aren't millionaires. And so when we, as a community, balk at, an entry point for a club, like you said, Mrs. H, 
they're supplying not only the facilities and the, the rent every month, but electricity, you know, cleaning, towels, security, staff, and all of those things add up. So I'm actually just happy that we have these people that continue to kind of trudge along when maybe they could turn that into something else a little bit more fruitful, but instead they're doing it for the love of the, the lifestyle. So um, if you're a club owner or an event host and you listen to this, kudos, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, folks. So one of the things that I, I want to pick up on, you know, we, we've, we've got events coming out and people have kind of, they're getting ready to go, but what sort of things should people wear? What should they bring? What should they? What are the standard items they should chuck in the suitcase? We get this or on? so often, don't we? Yeah. What do I wear? What do I wear? Panicking. Panicking. Well, for me, I probably should book some flights and a car hire um, for your event because that is <laughs> I, that is coming up very soon, and I still don't it have really flights, a hotel, or car hire. Um, so, what to wear is is pretty low on my agenda right now. I got to be honest. I may be turning up in um, some Aldi underpants. Um, I, was, I was hoping you were going to say less than nothing, but okay, the, the LD underpants well, weekend arrange those for I could turn up in less than nothing because it is at a club. I mean, I always, this is a good question and it comes up, as you say, Mrs. H, it comes up so, so frequently. And for me, it is what makes you feel comfortable and happy in yourself. I got an email recently from a lady and she said, I can't wear a little black dress. I don't feel sexy in it. I don't have the body for it. I've got thicker thighs, thicker butt. And quite frankly, I understand that I have to wear this little black dress to go to a club. And of course I responded and I'm like, what, who the fuck are you listening to that you have to go wear this little <laughs> black dress to a club? And I said, okay, you got, you got bigger thighs, bigger butt. Do you ever wear like fake leather pants with the stretchy fabric that they, they bring out and thank, thank, thank science. Thank you for that. Because those hug curves and they look nice and you have a really nice top and some heels that you can wear with it. And she wrote back and she's like, oh, fuck yeah, I do. So for me, it's, it's whatever makes you feel comfortable and sexy. And whether that is a string, 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 tiny little bikini thing that you're rocking up into a club, whether it's a club dress, whether it's a gown, I say rock what makes you happy and what makes you you. Don't try to be someone that you're not. Don't try to put on a, a false costume, I guess, because at the end of the day, you're turning up there, you should be comfortable and you should be able to then shine with the people you're talking to because they want to see and hear and feel you. They don't want to see and hear, feel what society thinks they should look like or what the, the swinging posters suggest they should look like. So that's, that's always what I say. I mean, the other thing is dress to impress if you can, you know, at the end of the day, you are going on dates with people. So, you know, do try to put your best foot forward. When I say comfortable, I don't mean rock up in your you're kind of Sunday lounging around the house, Netflix and your dodgy, <laughs> fluffy shoes that you wear around the house. You know, do try to dress to impress if you can, because it is a date at the end of the day. I think I want to touch very quickly on theme, theme nights. Okay. Not because we've got a particular theme night for our event, although we did for the last one, we did pick a bit of a theme to give people a bit of a, a, a guidance around what we were trying to achieve. However, your events are quite known I think for their having their theme nights and things which throws me into turmoil obviously because that's me and Mr. H loves it he's like yeah I'm gonna be this and that I'm gonna find all my my outfits yeah well <laughs> what what's your thoughts on on themes and why do you think they work so well for events bigger events maybe I I personally like themes I mm. think that for me theme outfits give people an excuse and an opening line to talk to each other 
there's various psychological elements that go towards having a theme and, and choosing to be in character and putting a mask on that's different from our normal everyday mask, whether it's a corporate mask, a mum mask, a dad mask, whatever that looks like, a carer's mask. So when we get in theme and we get in costumes, it allows us to put this different mask on, which then we can play out this character in our head. Maybe we can be a little bit more extroverted than we're used to because we are dressed in theme, right? That's one element to it. But the second part is that if you're in an interesting outfit, costume, something that you've designed, something that maybe shows your personality, you're giving other people the opportunity to come up and talk to you about it because everybody is so frightened to talk to each other and really just kind of have an opening line rather than just walking up and saying, hi, I'm Kate and trying to start something out of nothing. Having the opportunity to talk to somebody about their costume is the easiest flirting open line that you can give anybody. So really you're doing the other people justice. I like theme events. Um, they're not for everybody. I know people get quite um, concerned about theme events and get very stressed about what they're going to wear. I'm pretty loosey-goosey when it comes to it, but uh, I, I definitely like them. They're great for me, but not every single time as well. I think there's a time and a place for themed events. I think there's something to be said as well for themes that allow men to wear something a bit different other than just trousers, smart trousers and a shirt. Because I don't think there's that many, I mean, sure, you can wear a waistcoat or a suit, or but it's all broadly on the same line. There doesn't feel like a, a, a large array of sexy attire for men. Perhaps I'm wrong, but that, that's been my observation. But I think themes give you a chance to do something a bit different and be a little bit out there without having to stick to just a you know, smart shirt, trousers and nice shoes. And You certainly do go out there with yours. Yeah, but I think <laughs> I like the opportunity that that affords me. No kidding. And I noticed that not not every man gets behind it. So for some guys, it's just not the thing, but same as some women. But some guys, it, it does look to be their only opportunity to do something a bit different and display some of that personality beyond the regular normal boring office wear that's slightly sexy. I think it's a really good thing. We actually have some people coming to PCAP where he designs all of their outfits. So he's the one going and getting the materials, making everything, hand designing everything, and he does all of their outfits and really, really gets into it. So I think themes can be great for anybody, but yeah, they can also, to Mrs. H's point, sometimes be a little bit overwhelming. The reason they're overwhelming to me is partly because I, I'm not that creative anyway. And Mr. H absolutely has enough creativity for the both of us, which is wonderful. However, because I lack it, I think, I, I, often get, I often get really worried that it's not really reflective of me because it's not my creativity that is kind of coming across there. It's his. And I almost feel like I'm on a bit of an outsider like with this this whole thing where he puts together this thing and he's like, oh, I think this costume would be great and we could go as this and this together. I'm like, uh, yeah, 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 it's your idea. And because that's I don't have any. <laughs> and I, I kind of almost feel like I'm being brought along for the ride with that sometimes. And it's, it's not really a true reflection of me. And that's part, one of the reasons why I get a bit overwhelmed by it, I think, because but it's not me. Equally, if we want a true reflection of you, what we can do is sit you in the corner while you glare at people and really... Ah, <laughs> oh, El Rodente, <laughs> why don't you press off? <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying, though. What you're saying is that you feel like you're the, the, the wing woman, but it's not necessarily the wing woman in a good way. Absolutely you're kind of me. just hanging on there and you're yeah. the extra... Um, so like me in every other situation 
<laughs> you are the creative one, without a doubt. I yes, understand but, that. But it's interesting because that's a total reverse of how I feel just going to a regular night out where, or a regular club night where there isn't a theme because you're able to wear these amazing dresses or shoes and... Don't forget the handbags. Handbags and <laughs> accessories. And, and yes, I suppose I can do that to a certain extent, but it's it's much simpler, I think, for, Maybe, for, for women to do that. Maybe, but I don't see that as a... An, um, an extension of my creativity. I see that as me just wearing what what Kate said, really, like how I feel confident and sexy. It's it's not a creative thing. It's like me going, this is how I like feeling and how I like looking. But Whereas, but many but many women would see what you wear, Mrs. H, as a creative extension of your being. You know, if you do think about your heels and your handbag and your dress collection, maybe. which is extensive, if you think about that. <laughs> And growing. <laughs> so there'd be some women out there looking at that now going, my God, Mrs. H is so creative. Look at her fashion sense. Look at how colourful this is. Man, that really matches. And I don't think I could do that. You know what I mean? So even though you might not think you're creative, I'm sure there'd be absolutely tons of women out there looking at your Twitter and your Instagram and going, holy hell, look how put together she is. What an amazing outfit. The, the irony is, is what the world doesn't see is the amount of temper tantrums and throwing of clothes <laughs> on the floor while she's trying to get that outfit together. And many times I've suggested that we create an app where we just, you know, just get like a Mrs. Oh, yeah. H paper doll and, and we get people to vote on the various elements of what she should wear because, you know, I get sick to death of answering that question. <laughs> Either that or start creating some behind the scenes content for your patron. Uh, I, I think that would be great. Definitely doing that. Some behind the scenes. I just throw things across the room, swearing at them. I'm don't fit in this this looks stupid it's basically it's just her going shit on it fuck it all I hate it I hate this this is stupid it sucks fuck off stupid stupid cunty cunt cunt fuck fuck bollocks and that's, that's just, just on a Monday that's just like <laughs> <laughs> because she couldn't find a shoe or something the tantrum I had when Mr H chose um, a particular costume when we went to I think it was Desire and you chose me a She-Ra costume all my days, like I literally thought that was the end of it. I was like, I'm not going. I don't want to wear this shit. It looks the whole stupid. holiday's off. We don't care. <laughs> I hate everything about this costume. I didn't pick it. I don't like the way I look. I look fucking ridiculous, basically. And it really, really annoyed me that it even existed as a concept. And then, obviously, so many people, like you say, put so much effort, amazingly so, into the creation of some of these um, outfits. And I'm like my God, they actually made them themselves with that. This is incredible. Why don't look like that? This is awful. But you did. Lots of people came up and were very complimentary about I the way that you looked. I hated that outfit. You I just didn't burn it. <laughs> yes, I know. It's still in the dress-up box. I hate it Ready so for someone much. to I take it away from her. So if you need a She-Ra costume, please, please, well, please write in and, and we'll every yeah, let you have one. <laughs> so a couple of more questions for you, Kate. Moving swiftly onwards and away from the Mrs H is going to destroy the world conversation. What is your most favourite memory of an event? Maybe one that you've hosted or one that you've gone to? Probably one that I've gone to because when you're in host mode, I mean, you know how it goes. Although it's great to see people come together, honestly, you know, how much fun can you really have? It's knackering, isn't it, as well? Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking shattering. True story. Yeah. I hate, it's, it's Mrs. H, it's like you and your clothes. At, at some point at 2am, you're like, I hate everybody here. Just go to yeah. fucking bed. So yeah. I can get up at 6am and do it all again. I mean, we've been to some great events over the years. And I would say that some of the events we've been to have been more spontaneous that, that have been just turned out great. Um, we went to 
uh, I think it's called Boobs, Butts and Boats in Austin, if I'm not wrong. And we just happened to be there during that time. And although I had a serious tooth problem, we ended up on a boat with a, a fantastic group of people and just had friends around us and we had barbecue during the day. And so that for me was just a very spontaneous collection of people that came together, had a really easygoing day, really fun day. Um, I was in writhing pain, though I had to have a tooth removed the next day. But it was just such a wonderful um, event. So for me, it's events that are maybe a little bit more, I don't know, easygoing. And that doesn't necessarily mean about the stress of the costume and things like that. I mean that when you walk into the event, you can take that mask off and just be yourself unapologetically, authentically, and just walk in there and be like, yeah, I am a little bit quirky and I'm a little bit weird, and, but that's okay. And people, people are like me at this event. I think those are my favorite memories of events. And yeah, I can probably name only maybe a, a handful that I've been to that, that feel that way. So I don't know. Once they happen, they're just like the golden nugget. Golden nugget of events. It should be an award. You should get a t-shirt. Yeah, people to hand those things out. <laughs> so... You've got PCAP Colourpop coming up. Yep, you love Colourpop, absolutely. I adore oh my God, Colourpop. He bloody loves a Colourpop. <laughs> Any other exciting events coming up that you can talk about yet? Yeah, um, so on the 1st of April, we're actually going up into Amsterdam and we're going to our first party here in the Netherlands. And that's with a company called Secret Underground. So have absolutely no idea what to expect from this event. Really don't know much about the event host. They seem to have some really good marketing collateral. They seem to have their shit together. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Um, just seeing really what the Netherlands has to offer in terms of uh, cultural approaches to the lifestyle. So that's on the 1st of April. Super excited about that. And then, of course, we're heading to the Bedhoppers event on the 23rd of April. So don't know if I'm going to, again, I don't have flights. So I may head over <laughs> to London on the Thursday, spend a couple of days in London City and then head north. I'm not too sure what my plans are, but really excited to, to do that, of course, to see you guys. And just be around people, like-minded people. You know, it's been so many years since we've been to, I guess, local clubs that where people speak um, English as a, as a primary language or speak English very well like they do here in the Netherlands. So for us, that's going to be very exciting. You know, I, I'm so excited by that, just to be able to have a conversation with somebody else and understand each other easily. You know, in Croatia, we didn't have that. So those are kind of two things we have coming up in in April and uh, and then, of course, PCAP in the States and uh, possibly heading over to Italy in September for a hotel takeover. So, Oh, fantastic. And if people were interested in coming along to PCAP, they've heard all this, they definitely want to come along. Where do they go? What do they do? You can head to www.podcast-a-palooza.com forward slash bedhoppers and that will take you straight to our event in Palm Springs, which is in June, if you guys want to come along to that. Or alternatively, if you can't make that, feel free to message any of the hosts, including the Bedhoppers, to find out about other events that may be more suited to you guys. Absolutely perfect. Well, Kate, we want to say a massive, massive thank you for you joining us today. It's been so nice to see you. And it's going to be awesome to see you in person again really, really soon. Um, if people want to find out about your podcast, about events, anything else, where do they go? Where do they do? If they just head to wanderlustswingers.com, pretty easy going uh, website there, which you know, is a great resource to have for people who want to get in touch with people who run podcasts. The website's a great resource. So wanderlustwingers.com is where you can find us. Was that ever so slight jab at us having a website coming out very soon after about... Foreshadowing, foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us, Kate. We shall see you very soon. Thanks so much, guys.
So we want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you to Kate for coming along and talking about events and for her tireless work in creating these events and, and also having us along to one of them and coming to ours. I don't know how she copes. Like, literally, I'd be dead. She's more machine now than man, <laughs> twisted and <laughs> yes. evil. She is like a one... One woman machine well, in she terms is one of woman. yeah, she is one woman. Held she, together with Chardonnay and sleepless nights. <laughs> I think I so. That's, that's what I would be. That, certainly, <laughs> but it's incredible. She's amazed, amazing, and brought together some amazing communities, amazing mm. people, and from the, all over the globe. All over, literally all over the globe. Never sit still. We have trouble doing that for the UK, let alone anywhere else. We can't bring together more than twenty people half the time. <laughs> but we want to say this huge thank you to Kate for spending time with us for looking after all of our guests and for really putting on a really great show. We can't wait to catch up with them at our <gasps> Come so Together event. We're so excited when she comes to our event. That's right. Yeah, that's that's really big. I'm really happy. That's really big. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do, do you want to quantify I don't that? Know. That's really big. It's big. That's, <laughs> no, that's really huge. That's really a <laughs> ginormous. I don't know what she's talking about, but this is incredibly sized, whatever this thing is that Mrs. H is going on about <laughs> it's here. It's a larger than average size thing <laughs> I can't wait for it to happen this is massive yeah I think you're building it up now yeah maybe but I don't know what even, I don't even know what you're talking about but the, I never know what I'm talking about but it's going to be amazing to see Kate it and is. it's going to be great to see her when we go to PCAP in Palm Springs yes <laughs> so, also big very big so we're going to put some links on our show notes so that if you want to come along to that then, then it's very easy and check for you out to... our moderately sized website yeah <laughs> It's not larger than average yet. It has at least six, maybe seven pages of content in there, most of which is recycled from other places. So yeah, come along, see our website. And don't forget, if you want to come along to our Come Together event on the 23rd of April, get in touch. Drop us a message, go to the website, it's bedhoppers.co.uk. You can send us an email, all that kind of grump, and we'll get back to you and let you know all the information. Times. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. H, do your thing. Thank you for hopping into our bed. in the middle where we're playing the thing <laughs> you can do this for like 35 minutes yeah yeah or... this is how we fill the the end bit now <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if you accidentally put this on instead of the interview <laughs> just 35 minutes of you doing skibbity-bap-boop-boop <laughs> 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 Oh, goodness me. <laughs>